Good morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone. And I'm so excited to get to know and learn from Phil Groover today. Hi, Phil. Hi, Kathy. Hi, everybody out there. Yeah. So you guys, Phil is, um, we are so lucky to have him on the show and to introduce his work to you. Because if you're ready for an expansive view of life, and a way, a path to your heart from your head. Um, Phil has so much knowledge that will help you see the world in a different way without fear, uh, more in, in mastery than most people. He's an acknowledged worldwide as a foremost teacher of light language, sacred geometry, awakening, or excuse me, advanced healing techniques, the true law of attraction, ooh, the indigo children, the Magdalene mysteries, the physics and metaphysics of consciousness, oh my God, and creation, and an ever-expanding repertoire of diverse and fascinating subjects. So today we are going to have an amazing talk um, because I, I'm a student here. I'm definitely not... Um, uh, aware of what I don't even know. <laughs> so, so Phil, let's start with for people that have never heard your work and don't know you. Could we start with you explaining your journey of how you even um, got this curiosity to deep dive into all of these mystical experiences before we talk about the subject today? Could you share a little bit? Sure. I, um, my story is not that different from a lot of other people's. I've always been pure. Okay. Then there was the walk-in. Okay. All right. <laughs> my, I am a continuing student. Sure. I teach this type of information, these type of classes, but I always consider myself a continuing student and teacher of the mysteries. I've been into the mysteries as long as I can remember. I did have a, car accident when I was six years old, in which a car hit me head on. I was thrown up in the air, down the street, but not a scratch. This is a case, I, I, I believe, I just like to suggest to people that this is a case of a classic walk-in. A walk-in when someone has a contract to be here, and normally the angelics or the higher intelligence doesn't, wouldn't want to intervene directly. You know, there's a kind of a non-interference type of directive that they do honor. But if someone really needs to be here, they will directly intervene. And when that car hit me, it hit something came in at that moment. I remember this pretty clearly that the force of the impact threw me. Uh, we rest estimate the car was going about 60 miles an hour. Wow. And uh, I should have been flattened. Right. But I didn't have a scratch. And it was not soon after that, my mother wanted to start taking me to psychiatrists, the things I was talking about. I mean, a lot of people have imaginary playmates when they're that age, but they're not, they're, their names aren't the names of angelics, you know, Just, you know, and all these higher identities. I'm spouting off with the names of the angelic flyers and stuff that I really didn't have a reference to understand until I got much older. Certainly in my teens, when I met people that had either had similar experiences or people that were interested in magic, I joined a magical brotherhood. 
uh, pretty early, but I was always interested in the physics and metaphysics. I was pretty, I was uh, <clears throat> what you would call a, a prodigy back then in math and science. Not anymore. I can hardly remember a shopping list now. But, uh, <laughs> but when I needed it, I had it. And as time went on, I mourned people, we were attracted to each other. You know, a lot of us, and a lot of us listening out there, we've experienced a lot of the same thing. There's this Greek word called pathos. It's not pathos. Pathos is a transcendent longing. I think we've all had that transcendent existential longing to be able to share who we are, or to learn who we are through each other, to share our joys and our sorrows and our feeling that we feel like the, like in fairy tales, the lost bride, the lost princesses, we're searching for our true source. We honor our parents, but we, we understand that our parents aren't our true source. Sure, they birthed us in to this world, but we were like these, like the Shekinah, the Shekinah, the presence of God, the imminence, the presence of God within us, so long denied, has been in a state of exile for so long because the denial of that presence within, within us, let's say the presence of God or, or even the divine feminine within us, she has been in a state of exile, but now I think the time has come and we can't even really call it the return of the divine feminine because she hasn't gone anywhere. Right. Not like she has to return from any particular place, time. She's always been here, but once we embrace that, then the presence of God, the imminence now can return in all her divine radiance and now be the one that liberates matter from its bondage. And in that, and, and this is why it's so important nowadays, you see it from all corners, people talking about the Magdalene mysteries, there's an upsurge in interest in who she was, what her role was, what her very complicated role with the other disciples were, with Jesus, of course, what the divine feminine means, what it means to bring the feminine back to her rightful place in the spiritual hierarchy. All these sleeping beauties within us just waiting for the right kind of kiss to wake us up. And I think we all have a part to play in that. Certainly you do, Kathy. Well, I, the thing that I'm, um, I'm feeling when you said um, the longing, I think there's, uh, there's been a feeling of being alone. And then when we were shut down, we, a lot of us found each other. I mean, it, it was like the, um, the gates opened of finding not, it's not just soul family, it's frequency and the willingness to um, expand because this time has been a huge opportunity for people to really look at um, their core beliefs and their programs and decide if they want to keep them anymore. Um, the program of the divine feminine or the patriarchy, um, I mean, I don't believe that we're fighting against. I love how you expressed that the um, it was always there. It's just been not maybe acknowledged. Um, but but um, I, I I don't want to see the balance. You know the balance goes from patriarchy to matriarchy. I don't want to see this. I want to get the this right. You don't want it to be polarized. You don't want it to be like a that rubber band effect that right. goes from this to its diametric opposite. You want to see an integrated balance. Right. Right. 
Right. Well, but, and it's also the creative love, the birthing. I mean, for us to go to this new era, which is supposed to be of peace and harmony, we got to get something. We got to uh, change this whole infrastructure, the whole construct of this reality right now. It, and I don't know how much time we have. I mean, we're at the very beginning of it. So your knowledge and your um, your consistent frequency explanation that you keep giving out is almost a an opening for people as they they don't have to be all the way across the bridge. They can be at the the one side of the bridge and then work their way over. Um, with your stuff, because it, it the more you understand, the deeper the resonance is. Is that a correct way to put it? That I couldn't have put it any better. The fact is that the knowledge is great. It's it's you read it in in all in all the the, the works of higher calling that our people suffer from lack of knowledge, but that knowledge has to be made useful. It's got to be practical. People need to understand it. Uh, the wisdom becomes, the, the knowledge becomes wisdom. The wisdom becomes understanding. And I just wouldn't spout off this stuff if I didn't have, if there wasn't a practical value to it. Perfect. If it wasn't useful in where we're all trying to go. I have a piece of it that I'm very fortunate and lucky, sure, to have this piece. And I've really devoted the biggest chunks of my life into just like everybody else, a continuing student trying to understand stuff I was given in this supposed walking because a lot of stuff changed when I was six years old and I really didn't have a reference. I mean, sure, I, I was still a very normal kid. I was a popular kid, you know, and, but you know, it's something really weird. Went to my 20th year grammar school reunion many, many years ago. And I realized that I was not only friends with the popular kids, I also was friends with the outsiders and the outliers, the ones that nobody else would be friends with. You know, there's always somebody in your class at such a young age carrying a big briefcase with all the books, the class genius. I was friendly with them all. And I realized that I really had taken my love and I shared it with everybody, not just with the popular kids, with also with the kids that had nobody else that were felt alone, that were felt that felt that they were just had to go through this alone. I realize now that I really had, I had, you know, that feeling when you're, you're feeling like you're, and I've said this before, where your heart feels like it's so big, it can't be contained in one body. Yes. And everything is about sharing. Everything is about sharing your love. Also your pain, your mission here. And then little by little, people start to become attracted to you. Birds of a feather, like minds, kindred spirits. You put that out. And sure, it was experimenting in my teens and in my 20s, you know, doing a lot of journeying. But that helped bring us together also. I was a member of a magical fraternity at a very young age. That helped too. And I had access to many private libraries that people usually don't have access to, basically to try to confirm what I've always known. I got so much information downloaded to me at a very, very young age. I didn't really know how to use it. So my whole life has been really an attempt to understand what it is that I got at a, at a young age when, again, I had no reference for it. And I think the reason that the Pisces Sophia 
a lot of the Gnostic apocryphal texts are gaining a lot of attention now because they hold within them incredible secrets, dialogues between Jesus and Mary Magdalene. There are so many Gnostic texts. I, I don't think we've even seen all the Dead Sea Scrolls and all the non-Kramati Scrolls. There's so much amazing information in there that you can understand why it wasn't included in the Synoptic Gospels and the accepted Gospels. The Pisces Sophia, especially because the Pisces Sophia takes place. Jesus returns after his first ascension in his body of light for an additional 11 years. And in those 11 years, he instructs the disciples on what's called the higher mathematics, the secrets of divine names, cosmic structure, the process of ascension. It's really an extended dialogue between Jesus and Mary Magdalene. All the disciples want to know this, want to know that. When it's their turn to ask questions and they get the answers, they can't understand it. And it's up to the women, primarily Magdalene, to interpret the answers for yeah. them, which they appreciated, but they also didn't appreciate the fact that Jesus supported women as being leaders, teachers, preachers, that women should be like men, not that she, they should stop shaving their armpits, uh, <laughs> but that women were worthy of being administrators, <clears throat> teachers, and the male disciples had a problem with that. This is why one of my pet theories is that Joseph chose the, Jesus. Joseph, jo, Jesus chose the disciples. He wanted the women, but he couldn't solicit the women directly. So he had to choose the disciples who brought their wives with them. Just yeah. as there were there was the male disciples, there were circles of Marys also, who did a lot of the heavy lifting. And then, because of the love they had of their husbands sort of spoon-fed it to them. It seems they didn't get a lot of the higher teachings. As a matter of fact, the light was so bright when Jesus, when Yeshua came back after the ascension, they said, the light's too bright, the light's too bright. Can you tone it down a little bit? Anyway, in a few minutes, um, and thank you for this opportunity, Kathy, to get into the Pistis Sophia, we're going to do a kind of uh, some broad strokes, but then some some very specifics. And when there's if there's time... Um, maybe a short meditation. Wonderful. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you have a lot of fans that are showing up. Victoria Reynolds put good morning. Um, it's wonderful to see two of my forever best friends in one place. Isn't that cool? And Noel and Bob have said, good to see you on Kathy's show. Always great info on so many subjects. Yay. Yeah, and then um, uh, we've got um, Francine wrote, I too identify born as an indigo child and I relate to all you speak of. I shared my love with, ev I share my love with everyone. We are the structure busters That's as right. I was born in 71. Uh, just, just really quickly, Kathy, I'm glad Francine came on. I know we didn't have a lot of time to really publicize this in a better yeah. way, but I would love to come back. Whenever okay. you want me to, to talk specifically about the indigo children. Oh, wonderful. And they and, and it's funny because they are referenced in the Pista Sophia, that groups wow. of divine souls will make their presence known on the planet in our time. There's a lot we can say about the indigos wow. in relationship to what's happening on the planet now. You know, a lot of people feel that the time of the indigos has come. Oops started coming here in the 70s, we only started to be noticed. And there are reasons. There are 
intense reasons why we're here and why the time of the indigos has not come and passed. It's more important than ever. Thank you, Francine, for that, because it's more important than ever that we understand ourselves as indigos, whatever you want to call us, psychic, super psychic children, mythic, magical, mystical children, children of the blue ray, the blue kachina, sons and daughters of God, ben Eor, ben Elohim, blah, blah, blah. We're, it's more important than ever. The blah, blah, blahs are very important, by the way. The blah, blah, we, blah. <laughs> it's more important than ever that we understand who we are, why we're here, and why we came at this particular time. Most people, you come into a, a new incarnation, you forget everything you've learned. Parental karma starts to kick in, this and that. We need to remember, these are the most profound and pertinent significant questions humanity has always asked themselves. Who are we? Why are we here? What's our purpose? Where, exactly. where do we go when we leave? Well, those questions have answers. Well, um, really so, so today we're going to focus on the divine feminine and, um, and, uh, but, but of course you can come back anytime and talk about you, 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 we could talk sacred geometry, which I love, love, love. I mean, there's so much stuff that, um, that you have access to the esoteric teachings and you can direct us to be informed because I think that's, there's people have questions and they don't want to go through the normal route of having an intermediary to get mm. the answers. And that's what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about the opportunity to really um, empower and direct people to information that is, it's, it's, it's been there all along, but it's been hidden in a way that maybe we weren't ready for it. Maybe we weren't the right resonance for it, but now there's enough of that energy level, that frequency that it can have a platform here. So well, we certainly gotta get ready. I mean, in, in terms of the eternal ever present now moment, there's, we've gotta get our act together. We're yep. being given opportunities now that aren't normally available, available during non-ascension cycles. The potentials that exist within all of us as individuals and as a race, we can really exploit now in a very, very positive way, which is why I'm very, very happy. Sure, I may go on to different kind of contracts in the future, but right now, what I'm doing now, I feel really good about. I think I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people, present company included. Thank you. Um, being given these opportunities to share what is so close to my heart. Sometimes I, I really have to, I, I'm so passionate about this. The people that think my, that, think that my stuff is, is, comes too hot and heavy too fast, I would just really recommend, even in this next 30, 45 minutes, just relax. Just be present with it. I'm totally present with it. Just just let it wash over you, just like waves coming in and out of the shore. We never learn anything at first blush. And most of the time we learn in the sleep and the dream state. We get the information, but we really start organizing it when we dream, when we sleep. Now just enjoy the ride. Stay present with me. I'll stay present with you. I've got a lot to share. It sounds like it's coming from my head, but it's coming from my heart. It's actually coming from three places that meet in the heart. You know, Charles Honnell the guy that wrote The Master Key, which I, I teach, I, I always will include this in all of my personal mentorships, groups, whatnot, 
because the master key was written originally in 1916, was a mail order program. You got a lesson a week. It's 24 lessons in 24 weeks. What does it teach you? How to control your thoughts. And this mm. is why those programs, not just spiritually oriented programs, success, personal, spiritual development programs, fail because people on the whole do not know how to control their thoughts. And a lot of the original, the source material for Rhonda Byrne's secret, these new thought authors, these transcendentalists, one thing above all was the control of thoughts. That's right. And, okay. and, and also, don't you think, Phil, it's also framing everything um, in that uh, the everything is good, is working for me. So looking for the best case scenario so that instead of fear being the first thing that pops up when you triggered or when something happens, that you're looking for the gift in it, because I think that perspective changes everything. Do you agree with that as well? Because that and then being present with what's going on, because your body doesn't lie. Your body knows. So if you feel it in your gut or your heart, right? Absolutely. Look, it's, I'll talk about this. There's a divine potential within us, within all humanity, that really wasn't damaged by the fall. And the divine Sophia, the higher wisdom, that, that's the divine spark within all of humanity. Sophia, which is represented as, as, as a feminine identity, a really in the piece of Sophia, that's faith and wisdom, by the way. Let's start right from, from scratch. Okay. I'll draw some broad strokes. There's a lot to get through, but I think I'm going to be able to communicate in the time that we have just how important this is and how an understanding of Pista Sophia's journey and her ultimate redemption or resurrection is a model for all of us. Pista Sophia is faith, wisdom. Faith and wisdom, wisdom and faith. She's represented as a divine feminine creative energy that kind of like Eve, through her ignorance and naivete in wanting to implant divinity in the lower worlds, or because she had, or she took the course of implanting divinity in the lower worlds, became trapped in the worlds of chaos and what they call the lower aeons. She loses her position in what they call the 13th aeon. In other words, wisdom fell under control of what's called the inferior hierarchies. Now they can be the lower thought forms, the ego we'll talk about, but the Pisa Sophia, and certainly in its commentary, the wonderful commentary by the doctors, JJ and Desiree Hurtak of this amazing Coptic text, one of the Nag Hammadi scrolls, when Jesus talks about inferior hierarchies, he's talking about non-benign celestials, primarily dracon races, drake, dracos races, which we'll get into if there's time a little bit later. Understand that this is just sort of laying the groundwork. If, if people want to explore further, they can get in touch with me. They can email me. I'm always offering private one-on-one -on -one mentorships. They can be three months, six months, a year, two years. I tell you, the people that have signed up for one-year mentorships with me, we're going on the third year now. Wow. <laughs> For me, it's not over till it's over, right? <laughs> so wisdom, the Pista Sophia, fell under the control of inferior hierarchies, 
which allow for, now listen to this, imperfect condensations of matter and energy. Now that can mean the imperfect condensations can be negative thought forms, but they can also be genetic hybridizations, hybridizations of certain races without a regard for the respect and reverence for all that live non-cooperatively, competitively, and that doesn't honor the sovereignty of these races that they took through conquest, through dominion, and they hybridized. So the Pistis Sophia, now that she is in the fallen into the worlds of chaos, petitions to be saved. She sings prayers. Jesus comes to help. She does, she repents. She goes on this whole uh journey of repentance is called metanoia. More than repentance is also. Repentance is you repent, but you also agree. You make a covenant to change your mind. We'll talk about that in a minute. So Jesus comes to help the fallen Sophia, bringing salvation to the lower world. What this is, Kathy, and all everybody out there, this is Sophia, a lot of these, and not just the Gnostic texts, if you read between the lines and all the works of higher calling, it's all about the restoration of the female virgin matrix, the restoration of the divine feminine, bringing the feminine back to her rightful place in the spiritual hierarchy. Because someone, someone will say that almost like Lucifer, she had a desire to seek a divine identity apart from the Godhead. We can talk about it also, but basically the Pisces Sophia is the gospel of the feminine Sophia and the higher wisdom. She is the one who by faith becomes the bride or the daughter bride, the nukva, they say in Hebrew. And it's important to understand that the Pisces Sophia, like all works of higher calling, even including the Course in Miracles that I talked about the other night, it's a meta language. What is a meta language? It conceals a language. It conceals a secret language. Now, the teachings of the Pisces Sophia was given to open the gates, gates, the gates of light, Share Aura. Sure, there are planetary stargates. Sure, those stargates lead to interdimensional stargates, but we have those same stargates within us. They are called Kabbalistically and other teachings, the Share Aura, the gates of light. And even the words that I'm speaking now, remember all language, whether it's written, spoken, sung, chanted, toned, light language, all language is light language. Everybody out there, no matter what kind of healing you do, Kathy, you are, someone comes to me, says I'm an energy healer. Well, I got news for them. Who isn't? <laughs> We're all healing with energy. We're all healing with light and sound. We're all healing with consciousness. We're all healing with, very specific organized configurations of wave patterns, scalar waves, all the language that when I'm speaking to you now is being converted into electrical impulse as it interfaces with you. And that's a mathematical coding. It's the magic of yantras, mantras, mandalas. They convert into electrical impulse, which is a mathematical coding. They act as keys, electromagnetic keys that open up the gates of light within us. All the vortices, certainly the major vortices, which the chakras are, but many, many vortices in the body that connect with many, many higher intelligences or just even to let light in, to illuminate, which is in the dark. So the Pisces Sophia, like many of these gospels, was given to open the gates of light that had been closed. So the brotherhoods and sisterhoods, again, can merge with their human counterparts. This has always been a divine human 
partnership. And when we talk about virgin, Jesus scanned the world looking for a mother to be to be birthed through. He was looking for a virgin, but not what most people think. A virgin is a soul that's receptive to the influx of divine grace. Yes, it means many other things, young woman, young girl, but a virgin is a creative energy that lives in innocence, in a state of innocence. Why did Jesus choose, choose his mother? Because she lived in her heart. She was innocent. In other words, she didn't have any karma that he had to birth through. You know, you come into this world, a lot of us indigos, Francine, we choose mothers. But if we feel, and we start the fetal integration process, but if we feel our mothers are not going to do the clearing necessary to birth us in without certain handicaps that wouldn't allow us to fulfill our missions, we will turn back. We will go back to where we came. Here on the earth, these events are manifested as stillbirths, miscarriages, and tragic events they are, but realize that they're orchestrated on the higher levels. Jesus scanned the world looking for a mother who was innocent, a virgin, a soul who was receptive to the pure influx of God's grace and didn't have any karmic miasmic patterns that can make that contract more difficult. She was not contaminated by the lower forces of creation, and she was not contaminated by the lower passions and the material uh, games of the flesh. So Pisces Sophia, faith and wisdom, she's the protagonist. She personifies both qualities of faith and wisdom. She represents a divine creative energy, again, that through her ignorance, unwittingly implants divinity in the lower creations, and she's dropped. She comes under the, she drops to the regions of chaos, which is our world is known by. And she falls under the, under, under the control of these lower hierarchies, for the most part, non-benign celestials, reptilian-type minds, that allow for imperfect condensations. She sings prayers because humanity is seen as being trapped in the lower aeons, in the lower world. But as I said in the beginning, Kathy and everybody, there's a divine potential within us, that crystal spark, not damaged by the fall. And Sophia is that spark of divinity trapped in each wayward soul. We are like we're like orphans of the storm. We're like the lost brides and the lost princesses of myth and legends and fairy tales. We have this beauty, sleeping beauty, beauty that has slept within us for untold eons beginning to wake up. And you look at many, many legends that before the Christ comes, the peacemaker has to come. You have to make peace with yourself first. So, so in book one, this is Sophia, the Sophia, the higher wisdom guides us through the bondage and the ultimate liberation of mankind. Many people say we are born into bondage. William Blake, the manacles that bind us here are thought forged. Forged our thoughts are what binds us. And Mary Magdalene herself says in the Pisces Sophia, thoughts can be our angelic garment or our destruction. So the higher wisdom guides us through the bondage and our ultimate liberation and freedom. One, the final restoration is to be revealed by Christ Jesus through purification of thoughts, purification of our thoughts of the self-willed. Second, and a very important one, 
is the revelation, the awe and mystery, the full revelation of the mystery of the forgiveness of sins, which we'll talk about at the end. Maybe this should be a two-parter. And the third part is the infinite compassion born from the first mystery, God, source, proton, mysterion. You see, Jesus, as the son of man, when he came back after the first resurrection, he felt he had to come back in his body of light as the son of God in his body of light. Why? To teach the higher mysteries of the divine names, the emanations could be understood. All these higher teachings have to do with the meditation or the vibration of God's names. Because when you, when you meditate on these sacred names, when you start living in the vibration of these names, when you become the living embodiment of these divine names, Remember the Emoto work, the Emoto crystals, the most beautiful crystals are the ones that come through the projection of thoughts of forgiveness and gratitude. And the reason they're so beautiful and they can hold and radiate so much light, it's their structure. They're very complex and beautiful, complex geometric structure that allows it, that, those crystals to hold and radiate so much light. So just imagine if you were the living embodiment of forgiveness, gratitude, grace, compassion. Every crystal and micro crystal in your body will be able to hold and radiate that light. That's when you become a presence healer. That's wow. when you heal by your presence alone. You want, you don't need a certification in Reiki. As, as wonderful as that is, I doubt they gave them back 2,000 years ago. You walk the world and you heal just by your light. You live in the what Christ called the effulgence of light. Because in these regions of chaos, we're separate from our true parent source. We have to acknowledge and recognize that we do <clears throat> come from a higher divine blueprint. And the sound link and the word link through the use of the vibration of God's names, when you use them, they will unite to unfold creation according to a divine blueprint. Now, the physical Jesus, while he walked the earth in his physical body, he shared some of the teachings, but now he shows what's called the fullness, the pleroma of the hierarchies. He describes in detail all the hierarchies and all the stations and identity levels of consciousness in and out of our time matrix. He reveals the mystery of mysteries. It's called the Raza de Razin. And he's very open about the fact that in coming to earth, his mission was not for us alone, that he came to open the gates of light for the ascension of all souls, for humans and for parallel orders who have lost their way. Because it seems that many of us, through our will, basically through our ignorance or forced ignorance or naivete or just plain stupidity, we have to pass through the mysteries of the lower light so we can appreciate the unity of the higher light. You know, someone once told me, I really hate to forgive. It doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm diminishing part of myself. I wish they really understood that forgiveness, saying you're sorry, apologizing, doesn't diminish you. It elevates you for Christ's sake. For a you know, when you say sake, when you say Christ's sake, you're really saying for the sake of the Christos. In other words, what do you have to sacrifice so you can be a pure vessel 
for grace coming in and through you. We are the vessels. We are pathfinders. We are, especially the women, Jesus knew this, they are the revealing vehicles for the light of God. We're inexplicably and inextricably drawn to source. Rudolf Steiner said, in moments of grace, we remember. Well, what are we remembering? Like the Course says, we remember that we're perfect, that we're whole and complete. Okay? Perfect. And the Divine Mother, I'll stop in a minute, okay. is that matrix, the Divine Feminine, which establishes all the major mathematical codes of this pluralistic superintelligence that we can call the unicide, the source that breathes. We look at things in 950 billion year cycles. The, the last outbreath of the Divine Mother went out for 950 billion years. Now it's coming back. And we were, and that angel of air, now it's in that moment when she's ready to take the next breath out, another 950 billion year cycle. And as it says in the Essene Gospel of Peace, and then we'll stop for a little break, the angel of air, who spreads the perfume of sweet-smelling fields, of spring grass after rain, of the opening buds of the rose of Sharon, and we worship the holy breath, which is placed higher than all other things created, not just some, all. For lo, the eternal and sovereign space, where rule the unnumbered stars, is the air we breathe in and the air we breathe out. And they knew this, that in the moment betwixt, in that mo magic moment betwixt the breathing in and the breathing out, all the potential is there, is hidden all the mysteries of the infinite garden. So angel of air, of the messenger of the earthly mother, enter deep within me. Everybody breathe as a swallow plummets from the sky, so I may know the secrets of the wind and the music of the stars. Kathy? Wow. What do I say after that? I'm still in it. That's beautiful. I was going to ask how you embody this, but you just did that. <laughs> that is how you embody it. You just live it. How you embody it as best you can, you live it. Wow. Well, and I want to you feel that somehow because of naivete or ignorance or just plain stupidity, you were violated or you allowed yourself to be violated or you, through your ignorance, did the violation. Forgive yourself. The Pisces Sophia gives the formula, which please remind me to give before we finish okay. how forgiveness is done. Well, I, th this is what I wanted to share is uh, Noelle and Bob have put, I love A Course in Miracles, which is, of course, um, the uh, uh, one of the ways that people learn how to forgive and uh, realize that they are actually creating their uh, reality and that they have an opportunity to look at it in a different way to reduce suffering, which is what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, it's good they came on. I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book called The Miracle Code. I have found a meta language within the Course in Miracles, oh. mathematical alphabetic language. Wow. And it's a, there's not time to do it today, but I would love if you're given the opportunity to come back again and again and again. Oh, sure, I would sure. love to. I revealed it for the first time publicly uh, last night, two nights ago. 
at the Namaste uh, Village Retreat in Ahihic, Mexico, where for the first time I revealed it publicly, some of my initial research. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. So also wanted to know, Rochelle Gaiman says, this is so wonderful. She's a medium and highly uh, intuitive. And then uh, our friend Victoria wrote, I call it resurrection of the divine feminine, right. not her return. As Phil said, she never went anyway. We buried her in our his stories and she has been emerging over the past few decades to remind us who we really are. So that's, right. that's perfect. Yes. So, you know, we have been with every negative thought, if, you know, for example, if people want to see an end to terrorism. Well, with every negative thought, we terrorize ourselves with every negative thought. It feeds into a, a larger morphogenetic field that crystallizes itself in every active terror on the planet. People need to realize that thoughts are like the genie. It is our inner genie. The genie are are compelled each and every thought you think even a transient thought it's compelled by its nature to objectify itself and we will see it in our hologram here the genie may think that your that your wish is going to come back to bite you squarely on the on the keister but it <laughs> the thought doesn't judge itself and it doesn't judge you a negative thought has but one purpose in its in, in its existence which is to help manifest for you the most negative experiences in your life it only the thought corresponds to its origin. It doesn't judge you. But fortunately, the same thing goes for positive thoughts. We've invoked that thought from the void. We projected a thought into the void, into the blackness, into the black Madonna, which had that void has the potential. Everything that ever will be, that ever was created, is in there in that soup, that still soup in the God mind. Thought is the dynamic phase of mind where we where we project grids, where we project blueprints, templates, allowing that thought to accrete more consciousness, which will eventually crystallize itself. People really got to learn the true power of their thoughts. Right. This is why the master key is so important. That's so the cross really, according to the Pisces Sophia, that typifies the body within, trapped, imprisoned, in bondage within time and space. And it goes on to say that there were transgressing angels that taught sorcerers for the uh, furthering of evil. A lot of our Kabbalah code, the book that James, Jimmy, F. Twyman and I wrote together, was all about freeing these energies, these entities, these cosmic intelligences that were brought in by sorcerers, black magicians. And many of these churches that we explored and had these experiences in, in and around Paris, they're kind of like roach motels. They attract these energies, but the portals need to be open so they can return to where they once came from. So you see, for Eve, for Sophia, this is about the resurrection of Eve, as, as Victoria intimated. This is about, it was the search for the greater light, truth and light, that ultimately led to their fall. But guess what? It's ultimately lead to their and our resurrection. Once we open our mind and truly seek the light, then we can begin to receive the higher mysteries and to share them. That's very important. So the virgin, again, this is our rebirth. Again, as virgins in the light, the virgin is the creative energy that lives in innocence. We need to elevate our thoughts. We also need to sing, to pray to the light. Humbly, we need to acknowledge our state of 
quote-unquote poverty. But again, to be redeemed is to be released from the literal bondage of negative thought forms. And a way to do that is to really learn the true nature of forgiveness. It's never been about blame, Kathy, everybody out there. It's for giving. What do you have to do, what do you have to release, what do you have to let go of in order to be a channel, in order to be the revealing vehicle of God and the pathfinder, to be a clear channel that grace will come in, not just come in, come through you. And the solution, how do you forgive? You apologize. The word apologize comes from the ancient root Apollo. Apollo means not many. So when you apologize, you are reaffirming oneness. And I tell you out there, brothers and sisters, there is no more powerful consciousness than forgiveness and gratitude. Just the sheer intelligence, the sheer love, the grace, the power of forgiveness intelligence is more powerful than any human vibration. And it is said in the Pisces Sophia and a lot of other uh, books like this, with progressive apology, the soul is rendered innocent. It's our return to innocence of all intensifications of karma and is placed in a position of never having been separated from the one. And then we can begin to live in the fullness of God's grace and compassion for all beings. We all can emerge in chaos. Many souls are, the opportunities are endless. They're infinite. Although there are some whose sins have been so great that they will not find their redemption in this life, but in the world, in this world, but in the world to come. We can talk about that next time. Okay. But we can only emerge from chaos. And even it's predicted, the indigos, in the Pisces Sophia, at the end of time, this time cycle, groups of divine souls will make their presence known on the planet. I love that. We have the ability to live daily, moment by moment, in full knowledge. And again, when you're given greater teaching, greater things are expected of you. But ultimately, you take it from me, we will know, we will discover the purpose of our creation. We will know the full revelation of ourselves and the full revelation of the Christos in our lifetimes. But we've got to meet spirit halfway. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah. so the tools for forgiveness, could you share a little bit about how we get there because of course there's okoponopono which i'm probably pronouncing incorrectly there's also um prayers of uh, course in miracles and then there's also after the course in miracles excuse me there's a book called the way of mastery have you heard of that yes, i love I that but i have that downstairs um and so so what do we do when we when we start to realize that we co-created some of that because the the forgiveness is not just of the abuser it's of ourselves as well oh, it's got to be of ourselves first okay you can't be effective as a healer as a planetary healer as a grid worker as a peacemaker you've got to come to peace with yourself first okay. or even with the best intentions you're still projecting a lot of your unresolved karma and subpersonality aspects 
into the grids unless your intention is so pure. But how pure can your intention be if you have unresolved karma and miasms? Remember, everything is ultimately filtered through your DNA. Right. And so if you have residual karmic patterns or the condition that we understand as karma that is manifested as what we call miasms, which are actually antiparticles in the particle base of our bodies, that's probably for another conversation. Um, <laughs> you're only going to project that. Even Wallace Waddles, one of the ma major source uh, materials uh -huh. for the secret, the thought has to be held consistently and clearly in your mind. That's why tools like the Master Key, I teach whole, all 24 lessons in 24 weeks. I have a lot of different programs. If anybody's interested in one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two or small group programs, this is what I do now. The COVID kind of created that where I think I was one of the first, uh, Victoria, Sheila, a lot of us went online right away. We kind of were a little bit ahead of the curve there where we saw you also, where we saw that we really had to go online, use Zoom. Yeah. And it's really through Zoom that uh, I was able to organize these mentorships. They're personal, one-on-one, -on -one, sure. There's a point where we graduate and we start working with groups. But I think that one-on-one, -on -one, you don't see a lot of that anymore. It's a beautiful relationship when you work with a quote-unquote teacher. And listen, I'm, I'm the first one to say that I'm a continuing student of the mysteries. Yeah. I yeah. see all too often, and I know you know what I mean, when people become famous or when people are elevated to master teachers, they kind of stop learning. They yeah. sort of like very, they insulate themselves in these sort of like a click, not clicks, but you know, they, they, their work, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, and they really don't, they've stopped looking elsewhere. Well, I, I think you're, that's a guru, old guru model. And that old guru model yes. um, fits maybe for other cultures, but not for Western culture anymore. People are looking to be, um, I mean, I, I can tell you, I, I do the same type of work that I've done for over 25 years. And I'm still learning every single day. And, and actually, I'm looking to learn. I'm open to it. I don't think I know it all because there, I, you can't know it all. So I, I hope that people are all looking at this as a um, exciting journey to discovery, right? right? That's right. And even, and even our prayers, prayers indicates that you're willing to work with the divine. Right. And when these prayers are sung in praise with our body, our mind, our soul, then you get the direct vibration of light begins to radiate. And that, that radiation, that light is stronger than any human vibration. Forgiveness, gratitude. Look at the Emoto crystals and realize if you become again the living embodiment of these, of these attitudes and the etiquette of, being, of mastering yourself here, every crystal and micro crystal in your body will be able to hold and radiate that light. Again, that's when you become, you heal by your presence alone. And prayer combined with the divine names, you will have the imprinting of these sacred sounds of light into all the bio circuits of the body. It's an amazing, amazing process. And when you really learn 
to truly love, you begin to live in that vibration. You begin to live in the, all the vibrations of God's names. And again, with forgiveness, your soul is declared innocent of all intensifications of karma. And again, you are placed in a position of never having been separated from the one. And as Bill and Ted would say, your soul becomes righteous. You become a righteous dude or a righteous <laughs> dudess. And once and for all, you truly are released to understand that the names alone, the names alone can break the bonds that have bound us here for untold eons. We can be taken literally off the cross of space and time. So the soul that progressively gives apology, you're able to undo the entanglement. It's not enough to cut the cords, by the way. You cut the cords, the cords are still rooted in you. There are very specific processes for dealing with the shadow. There are mainstream understandings I know of healing the shadow, but you, people must understand it's a much more complex process than that. But again, apology is acknowledging of leaving behind these false associations and understand also that those who have refused to surrender the lesser light cannot receive the spiritual light. But those who release the lesser light who decide they're going to think more in divine pictures and are not going to let their thoughts being influenced by the lower, the lower hierarchies, then they'll work with the Sabayoth, the host of light. Fear will be reversed by faith, but active faith, like Andrew Harvey says, is sacred activism. Mm -hmm. And the great mystery of the forgiveness of sins, all must forgive. It's very, very important. It's all, we're all on our grail quest. We're all on our pilgrimages. And the Pisisophia is all about the pilgrimage. Jesus's pilgrimage in this life, the Pisisophia's pilgrimage and ultimate redemption and all of our redemptions also. Just like the grail quest, just like the Galahad said, behold, I see the beginnings of all great deeds. I see the reasons behind all courageous feats. Behold, this is the wonder of wonders. Communi communicating or communing with Christ through the agency of the grail or the grail maidens or the ones because of their, just I'll, I'll kind of end with this. The reason Magdalene was so prized, all the Magdalene's, all the Marys, they happened to be of the tribe of Benjamin. The reason they were the ones that were chosen to be trained to be high priestesses in these divine temples of sacred spiritual sexuality is because they were the offspring of human females and the Anunnaki, the Nephilim. Uh -huh. That's why the other tribes call them the abominations. They are the sons and daughters of rape. As though they may be, the reason they were chosen to be priestesses because of their, their hybrids of human females and angels fallen though they may be, they had expanded genetic codes. And because of those expanded genetic codes, they could create very special secretions in their body that could give someone, anyone, a little taste of the Christos oh. and the ascension process because of that chemistry that can generate photonic light within themselves. That's called blue star fire, a lot of things. And this is why they were chosen to be these sacred whores. Whores means divine child, sacred prostitutes. The word prostitute originally means a woman who is sovereign unto herself. 
<laughs> totally different uh, meaning that we have today. So really Francine asked a question that I'm sure a lot of the audience is interested in knowing is how you've mentioned that you have uh, uh, you have one-on-one -on -one coaching, you have classes. How do uh, Francine says, I'd like to work with you. How can I? I'm just going to put my email. Okay. Here, right? Okay. There's a chat. Um, there it is, Francine, and anybody else who's interested in exploring this further, I have many, many different programs. I try to make them as affordable as possible. These are very challenging times for all of us, and I love working one-on-one -on -one or in small groups. philgruber153 at hotmail.com, and I'll send you some information on these mentorships, which are very, very special. Very, very special. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, because I think what happens is that you're because of your holistic view and your um, your mystical knowledge that you've collected when you read these books, you're getting so much more out of them than we do um, because we don't have the platform, the understanding. Um, so that's where it would be fantastic to take classes with you because you would give us so much more insight than we would get. We might get it the fifth time reading it. <laughs> or well, I still don't listen. I, I I hate to quote Jesus in this capacity, but everything that I can do, you can do too. Yeah, I wouldn't I be teaching. I wouldn't be putting myself out there if I didn't know that it was possible and have the tools to make it possible that everything that I have is yours. Right. Okay. company. Well, yeah. Now I love this worldwide. Say hello, everybody. Say hello from Santa Monica, California. You can't get much more authentic than this. They said it wasn't working. They'll give you the change upstairs. See that? Always helpful. Always helping. I did my laundry this morning. Isn't it all about just cleaning the messes that we've made? Right. Yeah. Well, well, you I know, think that what, the yeah, the, the, the thing that um, I'm excited about learning from you is, again, the path to um, joy, because I really think that's what we're talking about is um, when people feel depressed, they feel like they can't do anything. They don't know what to do. They don't want their anger to rule them, but the, but this is the time of action. This is when when uh, I started Conscious Business Zone like a year before the shutdown. But I knew when the shutdown started, it was like game on. This yeah. is this is when this is why we came, is to um, help. I light. yeah, I will go as far to say that. You don't hear a lot about abductions as much as you used to. Most of abductees were of a race, a hybrid race that we call the Bellicudium. The Bellicudium are a hybrid race. They're a race we call of the ruby order. Why? They have some black cube coating, some diamond sun coating. Now this is, um, I probably shouldn't even open this one up. Um, maybe save it for the next time. Only to say, only to suggest the reason they were abducted, there's a, a recessive gene, human incarnates of this specific hybrid race have, interstellar hybrid race. 
that certain negative races can use to hijack human consciousness. But even 21, 22, 23 years ago, we discussed that there would be an attempt to use genetics. There would be genetic uh, type, uh, what was it called again? See, now I got myself. Um, genetic windows of infiltration of negative digressive consciences into the world. We need to understand that they exist, but the focus is never on them. I just want to, and do I have like five minutes before we officially end? Oh, of course. You can listen. If you want to keep going, I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm totally learning. I, I, and I'm I so, your well, heart I is so lose my voice a little bit. And anyway, not everything all at once. Um, okay. <laughs> not like that. Everything all at once was good to won the Oscars, but not everything all at once. <laughs> The moral of the story, Kathy, Francine, everybody out there, Victoria, the healing of our intergalactic collective is really going to come through an understanding of the common core of creation through which all races have emerged. And these secrets really exist beyond the realms of these interstellar conflicts. Christ consciousness is that 12th dimensional state of awareness and electromagnetic polarity balance that comes to us through the full activation of that legendary 12 strand, what's called the diamond sun silicate matrix. So Christ conscious is not only a concept, it's a bioenergetic phenomenon. Next time we're together, we can talk about the Christos, but it's important to understand again that those that have lost certain capabilities and potentials because of interbreeding or inbreeding we are here, the original human race, which is a race of immortal angelics. We're created specifically to help, to be way showers, to be guardians and custodians of the planetary stargates, the interdimensional stargates, what we call the Templar, to help those races that have fallen to convolution and corruption, to help them raise themselves, to help them once again retain, retain their diamond codes of consciousness, not to be looked on as evil or bad, because again, we need to understand that there's a common core of creation and a singular race of liquid light beings from which we all emerge. That has to be understood and that really has to be embodied. And ultimately that will be the healing of us and our whole intergalactic interstellar collective of which we are intimately a part. Um, I can't hear you now, Kathy. Kathy, I can't hear you. Okay, thank you. Okay, now uh, I can hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was my muting did not make okay. noise. Okay, um, I, I agree that uh, I feel like this time has been the time to find each other, to support each other in this um, awareness and and because it's uh, during this time period of us starting into the age of Aquarius, which is going to get us from this warring um, old patterns of uh, societal structures in in all structures in all facets of our world, um, that we're now uh, we're now finding each other to find solutions. And but you have to be awake and um, present and in your heart to find the solutions that will work for multi-generations forward. 
and that's where the indigenous knew they make decisions for seven generations. I mean, there's so much of this that is almost needs to be re all of the ancient knowledge needs to be discovered and um, made used in a modern way to get us there. Absolutely, we all have parts to play in this. No part is more important than the other, but we need to understand how we fit and where we fit. So right. we can really optimize and maximize our teachings where we have all our gifts, talents, and blessings from this life, from other lives, from parallel lives. We can learn from our future just as much as our past if we can extend our imagination, our consciousness into the future. What a lot of people don't understand, I love this, everybody's doing their watch. <laughs> That when we dream, our consciousness detaches from its normal three-dimensional focus, and it does go into the, some of the lower mid-astrals. It does go into the future. I think what some of our wonderful psychics, many are out there, mediums, they're able to retain the knowledge that they learned in the future when we dream, which is one of the main functions of dream, and bring it back lucidly and remember what we learned in our futures. Yes, and that yes. also, incidentally, is one of the main hallmarks of fourth and fifth strand activation. You will know that those DNA strands are really activating and beginning to turn on. When you have more lucid dreaming, more conscious navigation in the astral, and more memory when you wake up. So just a very simple exercise is before you go to sleep, it can be worth its weight in gold or root canal surgery, which is more pretty before you go to bed at night, in those last moments before you're fading, I am awake and aware in the dream state. Yes. Affirm that to yourself. I am awake and aware in the dream state. I remember and record everything upon awakening. I am awake and aware in the dream state. I remember and record everything upon awakening. You can even add, I am ready for contact now. Beautiful, beautiful. So, and you were just with Jimmy Twyman and he wrote a beautiful book called Barn Dance that was about um, lucid dreaming. Yeah. Um, uh, I read that, I don't know, 10, eight, 10 years ago. Um, that was amazing. So I, this is all fitting together so beautifully. Last night I was talking to someone and they're doing that, they're doing that prayer. <laughs> I so, was really I mean, fortunate enough to spend this whole last week at Namaste Healing Retreat in Ajijic, Mexico. What a beautiful community they have built. I've known James for almost 30 years. So, wow, I have I, I have nothing but um, delight right now. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And I hope that the audience realizes what an opportunity this is to do a different kind of clearing um, than a lot of the guests that we have. This is um, a gift you give yourself in rediscovering who you really are and rediscovering the magic of this reality um, that may be lost to you um, right now. It may not feel as good as it could, but um, we really are hoping that everyone's empowered that, uh, to reconnect to who they really are 
and and use that power to turn the ship around. I couldn't have said it better, Kathy. We're here to open doors for each other. Yep. We're like feathers in each other's wings. You know, this is where people may not realize the fullness of that statement and how empowering that can be right. that we all are in this together. Yes, yes. And I, and I thank you so much for creating this window. Love to be back with you again. Oh, Please, sure. If you have any questions or questions about the mentorships, there are spaces open now. It's the thing I most love to do. Uh, please get in touch with me. Any okay. questions, comments? Okay. You know? we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that your email and the mentorship information is uh, everywhere, uh, especially on YouTube. And um, All we really need right out. now is the email address. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Thank you okay. so much. And Phil, again, um, I, I feel like a student, but I feel like I'm a, a sister also with uh with our conversation today i hope everyone's feeling the open-hearted um apt attitude that you have and the really the uh opportunity to serve in a big way so thank you You're so exactly much right if, 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 if someone if anyone's not willing to cop to the fact that they are still open to learning eternal students i don't know how far they're going to get right right you know? well that, yeah, who knows about all of that? But but having compassion for everyone, the, everyone's here on a divine purpose, whether they really realize it or not. And what Phil's offering is a way for you to realize your divine purpose. If, right? If we knew how much we were loved in the higher heavens, I swear, Kathy, we would never feel alone. Right. We would right. never, never, ever feel alone. Yep. Yep. And yep. we and we have we have resources that were maybe untapped that um, it's the time now to tap in. So, well, thank you, Phil. I'm, I'm afraid we're going right. to sign off, but we'll do this again. And thank you so much. So I know we, got, we got love on tap, you know, <laughs> it's, it's endless. It's ha it's always happy hour in the Gruber residence. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, again. dear. Much, much love to you. Thank so you. much love. Oh, yeah. It's a love, it's a love that knows no earthly bounds. It's Thank not bounded by time and space. Thank you so much, Kathy Thank Mason you. of yes. Mason Works Marketing. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear. Thank you, Phil. Bye-bye.